0: Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor's Spares, we have amazing film, TV, theater, musical theater, actor, Cheyenne Jackson. He's also an incredible singer, he's got one of the best voices in the world, and he's been crushing the game. You've seen him in so many things, like The Morning Show, 30 Rock, and his new show, Call Me Cat. It's awesome. It's such a wonderful conversation. And it's so intimate and I'm so grateful. I love you, Cheyenne. And I want to give a big shout out to all of my coworkers at Sandbar that got to see some of his performances that I was not able to and that really helped me prep for this interview. I love you guys. Cheyenne, here it goes. Cheyenne Jackson, welcome to an active despairs. How are you doing? Woo! Today,
1: uh I mean there's there's Shit going down at the Capitol right now that I just heard about. So I'm in, I'm trying to like. Oh no! Is it are they staging a coup? Oh, they've they've apparently people have broken. It's a whole thing right now. Oh it's, my god! It's all man. happening as we speak.
0: But I had I had so um, much hope this morning when you know it looks like both are going to win in Georgia and yeah. I, and then I heard about that and I was like, I I was I've been prepping with your stuff and I just was like, someone. My friend Shea Wiggum. Do you know actor Shea Wiggum? Mm-mm. Uh, but he texted me and he was like saying the same thing. So it must be really bad.
1: It's bad. It's yeah. bad right now, but yeah. um, I'm here now. I'm going to adjust. We're going to be here. How am I doing? Uh, it's good. I mean, this whole year has been a, a meditation and out of my control.
0: Yeah. I'm out, out of my control. And, and exercising how to even try to attempt to maintain mental health, you know?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I, I mean, my husband and I live in the Hollywood Hills in California. Uh, his mother lives with us uh, and I have, t- we have two kids. We have four and a half year old twins. Oh, thanks. Um, thanks. And it is every single day is it takes everything I have <laughs> to yeah. get through every single day. Imagine. Yeah, And it's, uh, it's what it is. We all, we all have our things that we're dealing with, but, um, yeah, being a parent right now to four and a half year olds who want to know why they can't go out. Oh, and, that breaks my you know, heart. Yeah. Oh. But kids can handle a lot. Kids yeah. Can, if you're honest, honest with them, um, they, they, they understand, but it's, yeah,
0: they are tenacious, you know, and in sometimes the best and worst ways, but I, I never thought of it that way. That's very interesting to hear that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, but I'm kind of, y- Good. This this is you know kind of helping me. I hope it you know just kind of connecting and and I, I love that. But you know I have to say, man, you're one of the greatest performers in the world. You know I I think when the history books are written, you're going to be one of like the Frank Sinatra, but like uh, quadruple threat of you know acting, film, TV. Straight, I mean, you're just one of the most gifted performers I've ever seen in my life. Wow, and I have so much immense respect and gratitude for what you do. Not only on musicals, but everything I've seen you in, man, you're just—I would, I would, I would kill, you know. As an actor, I would kill to have one 100th and an ounce of your talent, you know. That it's, is
1: well, that is so unbelievably generous of you.
0: Um, thank you. I mean every word thank of, you of for, it. I, thank I, you I sincerely do, that. Cheyenne. And so, you know, but before we dig into the work, let's start yeah. at the beginning. You were yeah. born in Washington, but grew up in Idaho, right?
1: Right. Uh, I, I grew up in a little town, right on the border, right? on The the Pondere River runs through Washington and Idaho. So, yeah, I was born in Spokane, Washington, and then I uh, grew up in this little town called Newport, Washington, Old Town, Idaho. 1,200 people in the town. Um, Wait, the town was called Newport,
0: Washington, but it's in Idaho? It's, I mean, I, it, it's basically, oh.
1: basically two little mill towns. There's, yeah. no, no, there's one blinking red light. There's, you know, there's, it, It's it's one of those things you drive through on the way wow. to... Coeur d'Alene or Spokane, but, um, yeah, so I grew up in, in right there. Um, yeah, teeny little, teeny little town, 1200 people, uh, very, uh, Republican and white and 30 miles from the Aryan nation compound outside of Coeur d'Alene.
0: Oh my God. Um, Uh,
1: so yeah, being, uh, being a little queer kid in Northern Idaho, (laughs) <laughs> in, in the early 80s was tricky. And I always felt different. I always felt uh, like this, these were not my people. This yeah. was not where I belonged, but here I was. Um, and early on, well, I also grew up very, very poor, I should say, because it really kind of uh, started my whole, you know, I think those early years are so important and how you view the world, how you view possession. Yeah things. We had no running water. We had like an outhouse. We grew our own vegetables and we had two goats. I mean, wow. it was, we really lived off the land. And, and, uh, um, it was, uh, in one sense, it was kind of a bucolic kind of gorgeous way to start your, your formidable years. But in another sense, it was, I always felt poor and like, how come I don't have, you know, all the stuff that the neighbors have but early on, I found um, music.
0: Were you aware of that identity-wise at a young age? Did you, <clears> did you know that or did you not know that till later that it wasn't, you know? Not know what? Like uh, the, the poverty, the, the intenseness oh. of it all. I think as, an, as a young, young
1: kid, I definitely... You, no, you know that yeah. I, I didn't want for anything necessarily. My parents did a great job of, like, of keeping... You know, we had food on the table. I didn't, we definitely wasn't hungry. But, um, you know, we, we had, I wore my brothers, my older brother's clothes and, you know, we didn't get all the new stuff and it was, uh, yeah, definitely a sense of, you know, why, why don't we have what, what the, yeah, of course. have up the road, but things started to change. You know, I, I had, I was very kind of a, um, a shy, um, introspective kid and then I, I I realized I had a musical gift, and I started. Music became kind of my escape, Wow. and I um I would go to yard sales around the neighborhood and such, and find uh um like vinyls, records first, and then and then CDs, or tapes, tapes. Oh, cassettes, yeah, that's so yeah, total eighties, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um I found a a a cassette. Uh, that said, Billy, Ella, Lena, Sarah, Billy Holiday, Lena Horne, Sarah Vaughn, Ella Fitzgerald. Wow. I didn't know who any of these women were, but I just, it blew my mind. And I just, I would sit in my room and mimic these voices. And then my dad um, loved classic rock and he loved Roy Orbison and Elvis. Then my mom loved Joni Mitchell and Joan Baez and Judy Collins. So there was always these awesome hey. amalgamation of, of tons of yes yeah. music was always in the house and it was i think the biggest gift my parents gave me because i just always had that the sense of of, of creativity and music and i had i definitely showed a lot of uh promise early on singing i uh the first time a teacher really pointed it out to me i was 13 and mr caldwell um, in eighth grade, he just, he'd really kind of, he's like, oh no, no, you have something special. And that's kind of when I, uh, I, I thought maybe this is going to be what I'm going to spend my life doing. And also really more immediate, this is what's going to get me out of this little town. Yeah. Um, in eighth grade, that same year, uh, Les Mis came to Spokane in a touring production and we went uh, on a field trip. Oh, that's so Um, great on the bus. And we signed parent teacher consent forms because there were prostitutes in the show.
0: Right. Right. And
1: I remember sitting in the audience and I'd never seen anything like it. And this curtain came up and they were like, look down, look down. My, my brain, I just thought, what is happening? Who are these people? How this, I can't believe that this is their job. I want this job. How do I make this happen? And I just, for the first time saw a different possibility for myself other than living in this town and working at the mill and getting married and having nine, it just wasn't, I just saw possibility for the first. That's
0: time. so beautiful. in in this moment, you know, was it so kinetic and, and electrifying that you knew you, like you, you say, you knew this is what you were going to do, but yep. you started to systematically figure out a way <sighs> Uh, yeah, I don't think it was that clear, but
1: there was definitely the light bulb went on. And I yeah. thought, okay, I, I got to figure out what this theater thing is. And what is this acting thing? and Because at this point, it was all music. It was
0: all me- Yeah, okay.
1: But then I found out about doing plays and, and found a local, um, you know, I did my musicals in high school loved it i got out i got out of my first play at 15 and i said my first line and the audience audience laughed
0: were you doing straight plays as well or just musicals no
1: it was just high school musicals oh but um we were doing bye bye birdie like every every school does and um, did you
0: play uh, conrad
1: no really they they wanted me to for i think obvious reasons but i wanted to play albert because he was the funny guy yeah got to you know Kiss the girl and do the I just so no I played the Dick Van Dyke part and I remember oh, singing, wow. up, singing and, and saying my first line and I got a, a big laugh and I just was like,
0: Oh, <laughs> this, is, this is fun. This is oh, a cool amazing. Thing. I love it. And um, yes, yeah, so in I, high school as well. I was so bad they put me in the chorus. <laughs> 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 but so that's that- awesome yeah and then um were your parents receptive to this musical you know endeavor like you know yeah to to be an artist especially you know coming like obviously the rewards can be great but you know not every parent sees that right away you know so were they were they encourage you to do choir and to do these things
1: yeah i mean my mom uh i think always wanted to be a performer i think subconsciously but she just You know, had kids young and lived in the woods. And so was really wasn't her path. So I think when I showed promise in that area, she definitely was excited for me. And and I did the All State choirs and the all you know, I did all the little show choirs and and so and she and I got in a local choir and we would sing duets and and it was our with your mother? Yeah.
0: That's some of the best memories ever. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, it was great. And but I think really more than anything my parents just wanted all of us to be happy neither, neither both of them come from you know they had rough childhoods and they found each other early on in life and they didn't go to college and so i think they just whatever we chose to have an interest in and and really thrived in they fostered that my little sister always just wanted to be a teacher and wow. she's a teacher and my brother always wanted to be a pastor and he's a pastor. Wow. And for me, I knew it was going to be something. I knew I had to create art. I knew I had to tell stories and sing songs. And it's hard to monetize that. I didn't know how it was going to go.
0: Yeah. It's especially, logical. you know, in the 90s even, you know, right. Napster didn't exist. You know, it was right. like you you were You too, or you were, you know, you were doing your hometown, you know, right. town hall. And right. So right. I'm curious, systematically, When you were, you know, graduating high school, did you have a counselor that was like, "You should go to a musical theater school, or you should do regional theater," or were you just figuring this out yourself? Our
1: school was so small, and it was so, you know, I had like sixty-five people in my class, my graduating class. Um, It wasn't—I never saw myself going to college. It never really was in the cards for me. I just wanted to get out. I wanted to get out of the town, and I wanted to start. Living my life, I also had to, I was realizing I was gay. I was realizing I wasn't a Christian. I mean, I had these major things that I had to decide. I mean, I was. I had gone on three mission trips with my church, grew up very, 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 very Christian. Um, so there were huge things I had to uh, face before you know, college wasn't even, I was like, I got to just like first figure this out, figure out who I am yeah, and then we'll figure out the career thing. Um, so yeah, the first thing, the first step for me in, in all of that was coming out. I came out at 19 to my family, to everybody, super tough back then. It was, you know, it was just, it was, it was tough for everybody involved. Yeah, But then I, uh, heard about this summer stock theater. I, in I, Cor-
0: I, I, I applaud you because that's, you know, now it's, it's a very different time and it's much so uh, to do that is, I mean, it's, it's profound bravery. And uh, I really, you know, I have so much respect for you for, for doing that so young, you know, that's, it's it's so beautiful. And for all those listening, I think it really helps them accept, you know, who they are is who they are.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah, it was, it was, it was tough times, but it was, I listened to, my heart and I had, I found a local, um, uh, gay volleyball league in Spokane and we were called, uh, safe sets, S-C-S. <laughs> honey, huh?
0: That's great, uh, man. <laughs> I, I, and I was in
1: it, I was in a gay youth group and I really like, I hadn't ever been around other queer people. So for the first time I, I felt a part of something. And then right after that, I found this, uh, this summer stock in Coeur Coeur some Coeur Idaho did the summer sock theater, where they did four shows in a span of, you know, like, oh, two, wow, two months that's a lot for a summer, and two months. And I, it absolutely blew my mind. I'd never, it, it everybody was, everybody was a misfit. You know, we were I, 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 I it was just, it, I, I call it like, my circus folk, my, my carnies, we were yeah. all, I don't know if you're allowed to say that anymore, but of whatever. course you are, whatever. We, yeah. You know, I'd never been around people of color. I'd never been around lesbians. I'd never been around. I mean, there were so, it was, it a was, radical was so opening
0: exposure of culture,
1: a radical exposure of culture. And also just a, uh, a fine, uh uh, 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 truly for the first time feeling like this is where I'm supposed to be. This is yeah. my family this is going to be my my expression of art. And I hit the ground running and I, I did every show I could do. And when I was in the ensemble, I was, when I wasn't on stage, I was in the wings and I was watching the people that were doing the leads. And, and I just was a sponge and I wanted to learn everything. And I, and my biggest gift was I mean I looked the way I looked, so that was that was, you know, half of the battle. But my, one of the
0: most beautiful men in the world, if I do say so.
1: You're very kind. <laughs> I but my I think because I was surrounded by so much music growing up, I could sing low, low, low Elvis music up to you know, crazy rock stuff. And I could sing like a moment. Yeah. I could sing, I could sing all the styles because growing up, I would mimic everything. Yeah. And I didn't have voice lessons, but I kind of had all the voice lessons, if you know what I mean. Well, so, this,
0: this really leads perfectly into my next question. Yeah. One of the most important things I talk about on this podcast is literally finding your voice. Yep. And, and was this summer stock, the summer where you feel like you started to find it? Or do you feel like you already had a good, a grounding.
1: No, I mean, I knew that I, I knew I had something special. I knew that um, when I would sing or when I would step into a role and put on a costume and stand in front, it was a transcendent kind of experience for me. And I always had a lot of social anxiety. I always had a lot of, you know, the voice in my head yeah. telling me I wasn't good enough and I was going to hell or wh- all the stuff that I would like when I was performing, it was so safe and it was just so easy. There was something about it. I thought, well, this is, so yeah, I definitely found my voice there and I knew what I needed to do. And then I just thought now I just got to keep continuing that. However, uh, however long it takes to get where I need to go. I didn't, at that point I d- I knew what Broadway was, but that was so far beyond. Yeah. 3,000 miles
0: away, you know?
1: And I just thought, I mean, I didn't go to school. I didn't, I'm not just going to go right to Broadway at 19. I, I you know, I'm not in a, a conservatory. I didn't know how to tap dance. So I just thought I'm just going to, I'm just going to go move to Spokane and I'm going to live with some friends and I'm just going to start living my life and just do theater So that's kind of what I did. Did you you have a mentor at all? uh, Not then. No, right. I just really kind of wanted to get away from my little hometown, find my own identity and have fun as a young adult and go out and fall in love and meet people. And I I fell in love with a guy and I, I, I followed him to Seattle. So I ended up in Seattle and I was about, uh,
0: and you were 20, doing a lot a lot of repertory work, right? Yeah, and I yeah. was from,
1: at twenty three. Um, I got my equity card in Seattle, and I worked at the village theater, and then kind of I kind of uh I worked at a, a health club and then I worked at a magazine and I worked at a bank all while doing theater. Oh my god. And kind of became like a local uh
0: Theater Town, Town Hero. Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: I did all, I did all the plays and all the all the musicals, and um, and then at that point I was almost twenty seven, wow. and I had still, I was just kind of living my life, and had a boyfriend, and and was working, but I hadn't made any, I hadn't gone to New York, I hadn't done anything, and I kind of thought I had missed my window because I thought, well, I mean, what am I going to move to New York at twenty seven and just yeah start I, I i but two things two things happened um 9-11, 9/11 happened and uh also we had a uh, uh, death in our family my brother's my brother's daughter died
0: oh my and god i'm so sorry both of
1: those thank you and both of those um major major moments just uh lit a fire in me and and really kind of just made me realize about the finite nature of our lives and how quickly it goes. And I'd Mort- already
0: mortality,
1: I, mortality, but even more so just not wanting to, not wanting to miss out and not yeah. wanting to, not wanting to regret anything. So, you know, people in my whole life have said, Oh, you should move to New York. You do so great there. And, and, but that was just, I thought, Oh, they're just saying that, but when both of those things happened, I, I thought, you know what? I'm going to do it. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm yeah. going to, I think this is my time to do this. So I had one friend in New York um, who said, if you ever, he had come and toured through a, a show. Oh, a
0: fellow, fellow performer. <clears throat>
1: he was a performer. Yeah. he lo- they would What would happen in Seattle is they would bring in Broadway performers in these local touring productions. And then they would cast local talent as the uh, ensemble. Wow. And then they cast me and I was a guard. It was the Prince and the Popper. Okay. Uh, not a good musical, but
0: <laughs> G- I'm yeah.
1: And then they, um, and I, I was cast as this guy's understudy. And uh, he, he's, a, his name's Mark Kudish. He's a big Broadway star and a wonderful, wonderful actor. And he said, hey, if you ever moved to New York, uh, you know, give me a call and I'll hook you up with my agent and you know, he was cool and he was straight and I could tell there was no, he didn't want anything. There from was no hidden
0: agenda. Yeah. No, it was yeah. cool. And
1: so when this happened and I decided to do it, I was like deep 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 deep. Uh, hey, Mark, remember <laughs> me? like, yeah, I told him I, I'm in town. I just got into town and I don't know anybody and I don't have pictures yet, but I'm here and I, I, I'm, I'm ready to rock. So he hooked me up with his agent. And that next day I went in and I read a scene for them and, uh, sang a couple of songs and they signed me. And the very first audition that they sent me out on was for, uh, Thoroughly Modern Millie on Broadway. You got it
0: right. Is the understudy? I, book,
1: I booked it. Yeah. I was in the ensemble and it was, I had been in New York for a little less than three weeks and I was, wow. Um, and thoroughly modern Millie had clap just won. for that, man. That's, I mean, that's not easy to
0: do, brother. <laughs> when I, when I think about, I've been here for eleven years. And I'm going in is, for like procedurals.
1: <laughs> dude, I mean, it's, uh, yeah. it's it is not lost on me that that is an uh, that is not a normal story. But I also feel like I paid my dues in so many other ways. Totally. I was, I had already lived a life filled with experience and so much pain. Yeah. And I, I brought something to the table, um, you know, the, the voice in my head that for so long said, you didn't go, you, you didn't go to NYU and, and you didn't, yeah. you don't know, you don't know how to do a time step. So you're not going to be able to compete.
0: The drive. You had no, no dancing experience at all, really? No, at all.
1: Wow. None at all. But I am somebody who is malleable and I am open yeah. to I'm open to coaching and I'm open to learning and I've always wanted to be a student of everything. Yeah. And so I just, when I, I remember in the final, final callbacks for that, because they needed somebody. Thankfully they needed somebody who looked kind of young and kind of old. And that's always been me <laughs> at 16. I looked 40 and now in my forties, you look
0: 16.
1: So, but, but they needed somebody also who could sing low baritone and high tenor. And I'm like that I'm your guy. Yeah. I could, I can do both. But I remember in the final, final callback, they, uh, we had to do a time step and I, uh, said, I don't have any tap shoes. Can I just do it in my shoes? I didn't have any tap shoes. Cause yeah. I didn't have
0: a tap. Um, and Cap- I was, I just
1: had like, I just had boots on or something.
0: Yeah. Um, they thought my
1: name was fake. They're like, cheyenne jackson really and i said yeah that's my dad named me after a tv show in the 50s and here i am it was just anyway i keep going off but in the last final callback it was me and two other guys and um rob ashford the uh, choreographer said okay everybody just do a time step and i was like oh shit the jig is up i can't i won't be able to fake that because i don't know what that is and the first guy is like, tick, 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 tick,
0: tick, bah! Oh my God. It's just so, I, I've seen those guys. Oh man.
1: And the second guy does his little, and it comes to me and I don't even try. I just said, listen, I don't tap, but if you hire me, I will learn. I promise. Yeah. And um, I, Rob came up real close to me and said, you better. And wow
0: man, that's such me. a cool moment.
1: They hired me. It was amazing. And I, I was I went right to Broadway Dance Center the next day and I was taking tap alongside five year old girls, Who, going yeah. a lap step, a lap step, and I did what I had to do. That's so, so
0: amazing. That's giant. how
1: that all started.
0: Do you remember that moment? Like when you got that first part very well. Yeah, I mean, I remember my what's what sticks out
1: in my head is my opening night on Broadway. So <clears throat> I was in the ensemble and um, I don't really remember my opening night in the ensemble. It was all such a blur, but two weeks later, I, w- I had to go on for the lead of the show yeah. who got cast in the opera. So I was in going on for somebody who had just been nominated for a Tony and was an incredible performer And I remember, you know, Sutton Foster had just won the Tony, and here I am doing scenes with her. It was just so out of body. And I remember (laughs) I was playing uh, Trevor Graydon, who's this big bombastic, you know, character. And my feet were up on the desk, and it was this turntable. And I was still in New York by myself. I didn't have my my boyfriend wasn't there yet. My family certainly wasn't there. So, so thrilled
0: for you that you were so thrilled, but
1: like no one was there for me. And I just remember thinking. Like, you know, I'm on the turntable and I'm like, it's getting, it's turning. And I'm like, in, in five seconds, the lights are going to come up and I'm going to have to say John or whatever my first line was. And I'm like, this is broad. I just remember, I was just thinking like, remember, remember this moment, remember this moment. Um, and I kind of rose out of my body for a second and just kind of took it all in and then back in lights came up. Here comes Sutton Foster. And then we do the scene and it's just like
0: that's so are. beautiful thank you for yeah. sharing that sure. I, I, I feel like we could do four hours on your on your broadway and your theater <laughs> career so you have a resume that is one of the finest resumes i have ever seen but for you know so we can get to the film and tv sure, 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 yeah. let's dig into ones that you like the most but i think we have to because it was your first leading role is, is all shook up correct right
1: so yeah. i did uh yeah i did uh Threw them on a really for a while, and then I did Aida for a while, and then yeah, all shook up. They were looking for uh, somebody to play Elvis.
0: And did that feel crazy, just going back to your childhood to I mean, call back? It, yeah, it was
1: one of those moments where I thought, I mean, there is no one who's going to be able to do this like me. All ego aside, I just thought they they, they got
0: it. Give me. I'm this. gonna call Baz Lerman. I can't believe he didn't like, cast you uh-huh, in the film. Uh-huh, right. So,
1: um. Yeah. I mean, I grew up listening to that music and, but you know, I really was still an unknown and it was a $12 million musical. And I know they had, they were like, you know, who's, you got to have
0: the politics of yeah. drawing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. And, um, the guy that they were going to cast, he had already won a Tony and something. And, and so it was a whole thing, but I, I jumped through the hoops and I did the thing and it was, yeah, that was my big debut and, uh, creating something. And it was wild. and again. I just tried to be present and to enjoy it. There was a, there was a billboard of my face wow. five stories tall in, in, in Times Square. And Priscilla Presley gave me a guitar on opening night. And no way. Lisa Marie Presley said, you know, my dad would be proud. And it was just like, it was blowing my mind. It was awesome. It was did a... It was it,
0: did you have a moment of just thinking back to that Les Miz play in high school of being like. Always. Yeah. I am.
1: I, I always, I, I, I am so glad that I grew up the way I did, where I did and got to where I got the way I got there. If that makes sense, because yeah. everything is just gravy. Everything yeah. is precious. Everything that happens to me. I, I just, relish yeah. so much um so yeah i'll shook up and then i did a few other plays i was doing um uh damn yankees yeah. with, Sha- with sean hayes and jane krakowski and then tina fey came backstage to visit jane and she got you 30 rock right yeah. she said um she said i like your i like your big midwestern face and your comic timing it's very specific very <laughs> very, very, very tina and I said, um, thank you. And she said, um, I, have, I have a part on 30 Rock. I just want to gauge your interest. Yeah, that's how that happened. And I wow. said, um, well, it, it's high. My <laughs> interest is, my interest is surging. I think um, I'm available. <laughs> and, you know, I was scared to death because, again, that voice in my head saying, like, you know, who are you to be doing scenes with Alec Baldwin and, and some of their greatest, you know, comedians – Um, but somebody saw something in me that maybe I didn't see. So I just thought I'm going to do this. Luckily they wrote something where I was, a you know, a brand new performer and didn't know what I was doing because I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what marks were or camera left and right.
0: So even when you got this all shook up and all this, you, you weren't really doing film TV stuff yet. Nope. Wow.
1: Nope. I mean, I had done a guest spot on like ugly Betty I had done. Uh, I did a pilot uh, uh, with um, Bo Bridges and Ann Archer as my parents, a family of lawyers. It was terrible. Um, that didn't go. But no, I hadn't ever done anything of note, and definitely nothing that was you know more than a couple of weeks. So it was really daunting. And I remember my very first scene on Thirty Rock. It was the scene where Danny meets the whole cast. Yeah. And normally on Thirty Rock. The whole cast is usually not together. But in this instance, they were all together to meet the new character. And it was very meta because I was meeting most of them in the scene. Wow. And I had a long walk and I had to hit a mark and, you know, without obviously staring at it and say my lines and basically just not fuck it up, right? Yeah, totally. And I I remember taking a breath. I'm like, okay, here we go. I do this and I walk and I hit it and I, and I overshot my mark a little bit. And so I was kind of in, um, I was kind of in Alex's uh, way. I was, I was casting. He's my him. teacher. I, was he? Yeah. yeah. So he, you the, first,
0: the first thing he said to me yeah. was, you look like an on-call English prostitute. I was like, all right.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. I, I, I love Alec. And, yeah. and I learned so much from him. But he, I was very intimidated by him because his energy is very Oh, you know, for sure. Yeah. And he, he put his hand on me and he said, you're in my light. <laughs> and he moved me out of the way. And he became, you know… Probably unbeknownst to him, but he was he was my mentor because I watched him and I learned from him, as you know. Who uh, you know has worked with him? He he's a master.
0: Yeah, he's he a really master. Is. They I don't think people realize how intelligent he is. You know, incredible.
1: Yeah, and they I mean they would give him huge chunks of brand new rapid fire dialogue, and he would be like, "Okay," and then he would hit it beat by beat, give you three different takes on it throughout like just all these subtle changes hit three different marks all like without breaking a sweat i mean it was did, incredible
0: did you ever get to work with dean winners he's a friend
1: oh yeah no we were in same episodes but we never had anything together uh, but i really he's, I, he's, I dig he, him
0: he's the brother he's one of the it was one of my first guests on the show oh is but he yeah so yeah, I, I awesome at, was 30 rock in some ways the impetus for you to start pursuing more of that work
1: yeah, because yeah, definitely because I loved I loved the pace, I loved the variety. Yeah, um, I I get bored easily, and I like to do a lot of different things. And uh, on Thirty Rock, everything was like about you know changing
0: it up. And today you're going to be. Were you doing plays at night in Thirty Rock during the day?
1: Yeah, there was there was a whole season where I was doing Thirty Rock in the day, and then at night I was doing the revival of Finian's Rainbow. Wow, um, which was nuts, and I i would would never do that again because yeah was, you,
0: I, you, I mean just a worldwide exhaustion you know
1: just I couldn't be present i yeah. i just my I remember my leading lady, Kate Baldwin, who was so delicious in in that revival i just I was doing my best to be i just my brain was so fried by the yeah. end of the day, and um I mean we made it through, and it was a great revival, but um yeah, I much prefer to do one thing at a time yeah um but yeah. Yeah, after that, I thought, oh, I love the pace. Obviously, money—it's you make much more money in television, and um, ultimately, I just want to keep doing live theater. So, if you do more television, then you'll be. Yeah, it builds you theater. up to
0: do. Yeah, and yeah. so were you were, so, you? were you pursuing at a certain point now straight plays as much as musicals? I was dying to do
1: a straight play. I was dying to do a, a comedy. I was dying to do something where it wouldn't be. I wouldn't have to be so careful with my yeah. voice and just, you know, living in New York, always just, you see your friend across the street and you're like mm. vocal rest. Yeah. vocal rest, Yeah. Um, yeah. And so then I did, um, Dustin uh, Lance Black's piece. Was that your first one or I, I, that was a, that was just a one-off, but my first, uh, Broadway play was, um, the performers.
0: Oh, with Alicia um, Silverstone.
1: Right. Yeah. Um, Henry Winkler and Ari Grainer. And we it, we closed in.
0: Yeah, that that one got really. I remember that one quite well because it it got hurt by Sandy, right? Sandy came in, and
1: all the, We didn't have a big presale, and uh, the reviews were mixed. I mean, we personally got good reviews, but it was so raunchy. Yeah, and there were just so many like, you know, it, we were playing adult film stars, so you, yeah, you, you ha- it was it was specific thing, but. Yeah, that was a bummer, but I, I loved, we made some, I made some lifelong friends in that and Ari Grainer is
0: the yeah. best. Uh, and the, so at, at this point, are you starting to maybe explore LA as like, you know, a, a place to go or, or are you still just so new York commitment?
1: I I was had my eye on LA. I mean, I had, uh, you know, people saying like, you really, I think if you're going to give this a go in the long run, you have to be more available. You can't be attached to a show for a long time. And, um, yeah, so I was going back every year I was doing pilot season. I would get a pilot. I think I did nine pilots. Um, none of them ever went and it was just a constant back and forth, back and forth until, um spin class
0: with Ryan Murphy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You've done your research. Yeah,
0: I've done my research. <laughs> so
1: well, I had done Xanadu on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. And I met Ryan doing that. And then I had auditioned for Glee um at, for Mr. Shu and didn't get that, obviously, but he but Ryan just became a, of of you know a fan, a friend, whatever, yeah, and liked the my best. stuff. And Um, yeah, I was out. Let me see when I was, okay. So my relationship had ended in New York. Um, I got a divorce. I got sober. Um,
0: congratulations. I just did four years. That's huge. You know, I'm I'm curious, you know, if it's okay if I ask you this, because this is why I have so much respect for you is, you know, especially in the, in the nineties, you know, coming out was. Totally different landscape, but more so. Even in the early two thousands and in two thousand tens, you know, I I mean, you know, Quino didn't come out for a while because you, as you know, becoming a gay man, then suddenly Hollywood sees you as only that. You Mm -hmm. know that were you were you aware of that? You know, were you yes were you only going out for certain things? And you're like, what the fuck? You know, uh
1: I've never put myself in a box.
0: Yeah, and
1: I think because of how I come across physically, it helped that I didn't, I, I would never put myself in a box and I wasn't going to let anyone else put me in a box. So when all shook up happened and the New York times did a, a feature on me yeah. and I thought, Ooh, this is, this is my moment to talk about this. I've been, I mean, I, at that point I was 29. I'd been out for 10 years. Um, but my my management at the time, they were kind of like, maybe let's not, don't not say it, but maybe don't say it. And I was like, fuck that. Yeah. Fuck you. I am not going to live a life of just being like pronoun, non-specific and try to like not say it. And just no, 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 no. I work too hard to be comfortable with who I am to, to not just be open. So so um, much
0: respect for that.
1: Thanks, man. Yeah. I mean, I it, it was a conscious choice. Uh, yeah, it was it was different back then. Yeah, this was before you know Neil Patrick Harris came out and before Anderson
0: Cooper, <laughs> Anderson, Anderson <laughs> yeah. Cooper, yeah. And,
1: yeah, and Parsons and all of my buddies. Now, like, it was it was different. So it was a little it was a little risky. And yeah. um, Matt Bomer hadn't come out, and um, you know, I wasn't on their level, so it wasn't like. It, you know but i yeah i don't know what kind of effect it had and i really didn't care all i yeah. knew is,
0: well, I mean, it worked out beautifully because you got like five seasons of american war story
1: yes yeah, so yeah i mean ryan always uh just you know obviously does his own thing and, and beats to his own drum and um we were i was out in in, in la um and we were uh I'd never taken a spin class before it always just, I would walk by and I'd hear everybody screaming in the room. I'm like, yeah. I don't know if that's for me, but he's like, let's take a spin class. So we we took a class and then while we're in there, he said, um, you know, over the music, he's like, Hey, I want you to be on the next season of uh horror story. I, I never saw myself on that show. Did I mean, you know, I know the show. Oh, sure. Yeah. And I, I only started watching it on, I think it was the fourth one, the freak show season.
0: Oh yeah, left, yeah. 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 So I used to work at the box and they got a lot of performers from the box. Whew. Yeah.
1: It was so intense. And, uh, Jessica Lange's Elsa Mars still haunts me. I mean, it was just Gothic and crazy. And I just had never seen anything like it, but I never saw myself on that, but I mean, I liked watching it. Um, but yeah, he said, I want you to be on this season of horror story. I'm thinking, um, so you'll be married to lady Gaga and you're going to be a, a Fashion. One of the biggest seasons. I'm ever. like, I'm like, what? What would you say? Like, what? I thought I hadn't heard him, and that's how that happened. And, and
0: speaking of music, was it was it wonderful working with her? You know, just she,
1: using- yeah. She, I was well. First of all, I was a huge huge fan of hers. Like, I had seen her many times in person, even before she was filling stadiums, like in smaller venues. So, um, I was really really nervous, really excited. I didn't, I wanted to be able to be open and be myself, but like, there's a certain kind of stardom yeah. that kind of transcends everything else. Like everyone else was also very nervous and excited when she was on set. And I was like, Oh shit, am I going to be married
0: to her? And, yeah. like, shit, and <laughs>
1: not have, a bad, not a bad choice. Have, if you got to
0: swing straight. <laughs> no, I mean, and,
1: yeah. And they said, you were going to be, you know, having naked scenes with her. I mean, it was so, I was so it was wild so i remember my first day meeting her um i uh i was like okay i'm going to go i'm going to go introduce myself before we you know have this read and i went around the corner and she was all already dressed as the countess and she was all in in character and she put her hand out and she said hello will drake and i was like oh shit she's like method <laughs> in, in character right now yeah. am i going to have to I I kinda wasn't into it. I, I Yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't like, be either. <laughs>
0: oh.
1: oh, and I kind of bent down to like kiss her hand or something and she's like, I'm just kidding. you, you can call me Stephanie. And she uh, was she was fucking with me. She was and she ended up being the coolest. She's like a she's like a theater girl. Yeah. A, she's like a New York theater. She went to girl. NYU.
0: I went to NYU. So you know what she, when she yeah. is rad. She's yeah. she's I
1: remember was really struck by um just how open and she, she would say like you guys to yeah. everybody, like, I don't, I don't know, you know, I don't know what I'm doing yet. So if I'm in the wrong place, just tell me and how she was just so open to yeah. learning. And that was so incredible. And right
0: before stars born. Right. That could right. what led to it. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. It, was, it was amazing. So for the um, actors listening, if you don't mind, you yeah. know, if you it's, I know it's an intense question, but I think we can get to it pretty simply. Yeah. We're, acting for musicals, for plays and film and TV. How would you Mm -hmm. describe how your process is different for each one?
1: Sure. Um, For me, I have to be able to find a way to make, first of all, just find a way in. I have to find a way to make the character come to life. Um, Before I think about anything else, before I think about how he's going to sound, how he's going to move, I have to find a way in. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously true for any kind of scene work with the medium of the three the medium of theater obviously is you have to convey an emotion but people way in the back have to be able to see what you're doing without seeing you up close yeah so you have to obviously have some kind of physicality or some kind of something that will transcend and you and and, and build to the back go to the back of the house it's, it's about, for me, it was about, a, it was a calibration that I had to just, I took online, I took camera classes and I just wanted to see what I was like on camera. And my yeah. first couple classes were nuts. It's, it's I just so, had no it, idea. The way it, it
0: hits you, it's, it's so different than you ever expect. Well, what you, yeah.
1: Yeah. What you think you're doing yeah. and what you think is coming across. I remember like watching you know you take it on on camera class and you're doing something you're trying to just be present with your scene partner and then you watch it and I was like I look
0: look (laughs) crazy I was
1: so big I already have big yeah because
0: everything reads so much bigger you know like even if you just touch your shoulder it's like what are you doing (laughs) so much so much
1: I remember in um I did a guest spot on something it was um uh, it was this like Brooke Shields show I can't remember the name of it um Lip- lipstick Jungle.
0: Okay. And I had
1: a, they did a close up of my face and I was, I was thinking, it was one of my first TV things. And I remember the director saying, um, stop moving your eyes so much. And I was like, my eyes? <laughs> what do you, what do you mean? And she, and she brought me over and, and showed me a playback and I was just thinking about something, but my eyes were moving around so much and I have such big eyeballs. And the way they had the shot set up, it was just like, oh, it was Maybe too shoot. much happening. Yeah. And, so, I just learned to i don't want to say dial it down because you definitely still have the intent and you yeah. still have what you want to get in any scene obviously that's the basis. what do I want in a scene? but honestly, I learned that if you think it your fa- the audience will get it if yeah. you are if you're authentically thinking it, they'll see it yeah. and it's just been a matter of practice film and television have been one and the same because I've mostly done, um, single camera. So yeah. it's okay. set up exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm only recently started multi uh, multicam and it's a whole, a whole different thing, but it's, yeah, kind, let, of, let, it's kind of straddling the two. That's a,
0: that's a good lead in. You know, I, I do want to ask about RuPaul's Drag Race before we go to call me cat. How is, how is that experience?
1: I love, love RuPaul. He has been a friend for years. Um, and I, it's just, it's my favorite show. It's my favorite television show for so many reasons. I love every season meeting, you know, 13 queer people from across the country with all different stories and all different walks of life, all coming together to, to create this incredible art. I think it's just, I think it's genius and I love it. And I get so invested and, um, yeah, anytime he asks me to do anything, I'm like, yes, yes. I'm and, there,
0: and, and you also started creating your own music as well. And you've been nominated for a Grammy. You know, w- was that always the plan to put out, you know, an e- a, a, an album or an EP or
1: music? uh, Will always be a part of who I am, and I'm. I've I've always been a songwriter, and I've always uh, fostered that side of myself. But it's never been something that I've pushed to the pushed to the forefront because acting has always kind of taken center stage. But, um, over the pandemic, I started writing with some folks and I think I'm going to start pursuing. Well, I am cause we're, we're, sh- we're shopping it, but, um, writing for projects, writing, oh, amazing, for, writing for other artists, writing for So you got a,
0: a great publisher then. Yeah. It's yeah. A, it's a really fun, like, I, 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 why not? Yeah. I mean, it's totally. uh, yeah. So yeah. Amazing. Well then talk, let's talk about call me cat and, mm-hmm. uh, How's, how's how's that come your way? And you yeah. know,
1: well, I've been looking for something uh, for years that uh, I, I've been dying to do a multicam. I thought I had a I had a hunch that it would be a good fit for my theatrical training because it's just a, it's a presentational medium and it's also you feed off a live audience. Totally, yeah. And I just, some of and, my,
0: were you able to have one during this? No. Or, oh, okay. No,
1: we're, yeah. we're in the middle of shooting the first season. We're on episode eight and no. so this, I've only ever done one guest spot on Will and Grace. That's the only multicam I've ever done. Got it. And it's, it's a whole different thing. No, even, five. even
0: the morning show. Was that, was that single cam?
1: Single cam. Yeah.
0: Well, wow. Was that one yeah. playing yourself?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? to be totally honest that was the biggest th- that was the the biggest surprise if they they came to me and said do you want to play um do you want to play a singer a jazz singer in a scene um and i even though it was jennifer Anderson's show i kind of was, was like not not really yeah um I, I no i mean i is there anything and they said will you be playing yourself and i'm like what <laughs>
0: I could not wrap my brain around. Was there a producer who's a big fan, or do you know how how that came together?
1: I don't. I I don't actually don't know, but I just know that they. I, I could not. I honestly could not wrap my brain around the fact that they could write in a scene that Cheyenne sings, Cheyenne Jackson sings, and that that people would know who that is, and that would be enough of a thing. I'm telling you, I think yeah. that's also part of. My husband always says, he's like, I like that you don't see yourself that way because that would be really obnoxious if you did. But, like, it, it blew my mind. It takes it you back my to my Idaho
0: humility. Yeah, I think. You know? maybe,
1: yeah. Uh, maybe. And then I just, uh, and then Jennifer Aniston was like, everybody, everybody had a crush on her. She was, she, I mean, we all grew up with her, and yeah, she looks exactly the same, and she's incredible, and she was, um, yeah, anyway, so that was that was a single camera. Awesome,
0: but um, um, h- how's it been going with... Sorry, I'm... No, yeah. Catabray, no, no, no. Um, trying to um, get it all in to make I everyone it, happy. Yeah. No, I'm uh, good. So Call Me Cat, has it, been, yeah. has it been tough doing it without an audience? Because, you know, how do, comedy, I think, is the hardest thing in the world because where a joke lands, you know, I could do Shakespeare and I could do long monologues, but give no. me, like, a comedic line, and I'm like, ah, you know? Comedy is... Comedy
1: is serious business.
0: I I think it should be an Oscar category. Well, well,
1: I think I don't ever think of something as like, how can I, how can I make this funny? I, I, what I learned on 30 rock and what I learned on so many of my early projects is the, the comedy comes from the tragedy. The comedy comes from the fact that the person is taking something so seriously and the stakes are so high that it's that the experience of that, it's not, if you want somebody to come out and just say a funny line and have a weird voice, that's not me. It's not, I, I want to find the truth of it. So. Comedy is
0: the overwhelming presence of tragedy. Like the original version is funny because he's, Virgin and he's forty, and it's tragic. I always use
1: the forty-year-old version. <laughs> Me too, man. Yes, same, We're in sync here. I love it. <laughs> it. absolutely, and that's a perfect example. Like he—he he wasn't trying. He's just the situation. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I was looking for a multicam that was uh, well written and that had a joy, and that had um, that wasn't cynical. You know, I was coming. I was kind of come off of about four or five years of playing pretty cynical people. And it's kind of my been my lane. I do you know worked on the these Descendants movie and Julie and the Phantoms and um, you know playing the great just, Kenny
0: Ortega, one of the yes, best. the great yeah. and and,
1: <clears throat> and I love playing you know snide people and on American Horror Story. I just got to you know just really go there. But I think within this pandemic and being a dad and and. Where we are in this world, for my soul and for my heart, and really just for my art, I wanted to lighten it up and do something funny so and beautiful. sweet. Yeah. And then this last year, this this script came that said uh, it's based on this BBC show Miranda. I had never seen it. I immediately watched all the seasons, and I just thought, who is going to who's going to embody this in America? Because yeah. she's just such a specific, perfect. Human, and and then they said it was going to be Mayim Bialik. I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. She's yeah. here's somebody who she is, and I knew. I mean, I have Maya knows this now, but I have been stalking her from afar <laughs> for years. We're exactly six yeah. months apart in age to the day, since since beaches to everything in between. I just dig her, and I love. I, I just. I wanted to be a part of this.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. I'm so happy that worked out for you.
1: Yeah. So we, um, we had a couple chemistry reads. I was in New York doing a film and she was here. Is, is
0: LA home for you or New York?
1: LA. Oh yeah. yeah LA. Okay. And, uh, we had a couple of reads and then I came out here and I, um, or, or then I, I was back and I tested with her and it was just, we, we started saying the, the words and looking at each other and it was, uh, kind of an undeniable thing. I think, um, so as far as shooting right now, my experience is, I mean, this is a whole different world that we're shooting yeah. in, right? So we don't I have a live you audience.
0: Know, And I imagine everyone's wearing masks on set because I know LA is really, really struggling right now.
1: LA is ground zero. Yeah. One in, I think the CDC said one in six people in Los yeah. Angeles County have it. So we've been on strict lockdown since March. Um, you know, my, husband's mom is 79 and lives with us and i have kids and i have i i just i i'm not taking any chances so we, we are absolutely locked down Yeah. so the idea of working was terrifying truly yeah very daunting. um but once we got the protocols and the testing and then we figured out how it was going to go we just started so yeah we're we're in full masks and ppe two masks and a shield what, what you're doing the show independent. All, all the way. Yeah. And so right now we're, we're shooting and we have every, we are socially distanced. We touch our own props. Nobody touches our stuff. We have our own cubby. We are always distanced until, and that's testing every day and the whole, the whole nine yeah. um, until right before action. And then we take everything off. And the girls kind of have to touch their lipstick up because the makeup comes oh, off on the mask. Oh, cool. Masks.
0: So it's, it, you haven't incorporated the pandemic into the world?
1: No. Oh, okay, no. good. I think
0: I don't think we need that right now. You know? No.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, yeah, so then right before action, we take the masks off and we kind of see each other's faces for the first time and our mouths. For It's it's bizarre. Yeah. But it is where I'm happy to be working and I'm happy to be on a show that is uncynical and joyful and... Um, and people are loving it. So yeah,
0: it's it's Sunday nights on on Watch Network. It's th-
1: Thursday nights on Thursday box Yeah, okay. our our debut was Sunday, and it was it was lots that's of people. That's thought. And, yeah, yeah, and then tomorrow night, our well, when this airs, but it'll be Thursdays at nine is our time slot. Yeah,
0: amazing. So, final few questions for you. I'm so sure. grateful for your time. Yeah. You know, what do you feel like? You know, because we're in such a dark place with Broadway. Do you feel like there's hope, you know, for 2021 or do you, I, I mean, it's no one knows, you know, so I know you, there's no definitive answer, but, you know, obviously it, it has to come back. I do
1: have hope. I do have hope. I'm friends with a lot of uh, Broadway producers and, and I was talking to my friend Ken Davenport. He produced, um, altar boys, which yeah. was one of my first things I, I, I did in New York. And, um, yeah, it it's, it's, it's an art form that has survived so long and this is ju- it's just going to be a matter of changing and yeah. shifting to the times and whether that means waiting till everybody's is vaccinated, or whether that means changing the medium and having theaters be in a different, I, I don't know what it's going to be, but we're going to get back. Absolutely. It's yeah. just, but it's been such a devastating thing for the Broadway community for and for all of the businesses that rely on um, on that revenue. And, and the it's just, it's a dark time. It is. It's a really what, dark time for people.
0: Well, this brings me to a lighter question. What's keeping you inspired?
1: Um, my kids. Yeah. My kids are, I have uh, four and a half year old twins, a boy and a girl. And they're their innocence and their resilience. Yeah. You know, we my husband and I are very we're very honest with them about the pandemic, about why we can't go out, about what's happening in the world and just their ability to adapt and their ability to to weather this. I don't know. I, I just I every time I get to um introspective or to, or, or, go start to go down a rabbit hole. Um, one of them will run in the room. I'm oh. sure in a, in a minute, one of them will. And it's, uh, I just remember like, this is this, they're only going to be this age once they're only going to be this small and this, it, it's such a precious time. And I'll leave you with this. This is a perfect, uh, encapsulation of what I mean. They, have homeschool here. Right. So we have homeschool in our guest house and I'm lucky enough to have this space and, and it's, it's, it's so great. But normally in the daytime, I would be working, I would be shooting or running around and doing something, writing music or, you know, we're home now, unless I'm on, if I'm on set, I'm on set. If I'm not, I'm here. That's yeah. it. Yeah. So I don't go to, I don't go to the market. I don't go anywhere. Um, the other day it was cold. It was like at maybe one in the afternoon. The kids hadn't napped yet. And um, Ethan, my son said, can we take a bath? And I said, yeah, let's take a bath. And I have a big bathtub. And so me and my son and my daughter, we all got in the bath and they've never taken a bath in the daytime. And I remember um, Willow looking out the window and Ethan was looking out the window and he was looking at me and saying, we're taking a bath
0: (laughs) in the daytime.
1: And I just, his mind was so blown. And I just remember thinking, I'm so grateful for this moment and this time, because were we not in a pandemic, I would never be able to take a bath in the middle of the day with my kids. How beautiful. So So I'll never get this time back with them. And that is what I'm focusing on just a day by day, by day, by day. I don't
0: don't think we could have a better ending than that one, brother. Cheyenne, I'm such a big fan. Thank you so much. Let's grab coffee when you're in New York. Uh, I got so much love and respect and, I'm looking forward to seeing you take over the world even more.
1: Thanks, man. I will say, you're just your generosity of spirit and your um, your words. Uh, it's really, it's this is us. You can tell that you have a special thing going on here. So thank you for thank you for including me. I appreciate it.
0: Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, and and uh, dinner on me when when your next show opens. Deal. All right. So much love, brother. You too. All right. Take, take care. Man. care man. Yep.